Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and today we're telling underdog tales. Marin's here to share about the parable of the vineyard, but before we only put in an hour's work for a full day's wage, <laughs> now that they've cut the line in the church feast, let the first be last and the last be first, and welcome in our favorite tax collector friends, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good, Good day. Good day. Good day. Piece that uh, piece that intro together. What'd you say? I got to piece that intro together. I got to cut. Is, is that the plan? Yeah. I think you should just leave it as is. <laughs> it's flawless. You know, Christ yeah. didn't come for those who think they are perfect in their intros, right. but for those who know their oh, intros man. are far less than perfect. Wow. Marin, it's a real treat. You know, this is the second time I've gotten to do this. It's a real treat to write an intro with your words. Thanks, Tyler. It's yeah. uh, it's just as weird as the first time. Yeah. When I sit in this chair and we get to this moment and I think, oh, oh, those are my words. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We're about to talk yep. about your sermon this time. Still, yep. still weird, y'all. How you guys doing? <laughs> What's new? <sighs> we were just talking before we started the pod, Marin, about you guys getting a new TV. And Tyler, I know you're in the market for a new TV. We just yeah. got a new TV. Uh, I had had my old TV for like a decade. It was, it was fine, but we both had started saving, Liv and I saving for a while and finally got enough money saved up. We said, let's just get a new TV. So we did. And it is, it is very nice. It's like a, it's like a 4k TV and we I mounted it up on the wall. And uh, Marin, you said you guys, Jed already put the cables like through the drywall. Is that That's right? All I, that is all I wanted. So we it's sold amazing. our house. We sold our house. You don't even need Munster. the TV part. If the wires are in the wall. That's it. If he would have done that to the old TV, I would have been so happy. Yeah. That would have been like getting a new TV yeah. for me. No, we sold our house. And with that money, we bought our daughter a proper bedroom set. Got her out of a twin size bed. She's. Oh, you sold almost, your house. Almost 16. Yeah. Yeah. We sold the house. Oh, my weeks goodness. Ago. Yay. Congrats. Yeah. Yes. That's, and with you that didn't money, even tell we, us we were paying off some debt, bought our little girl a bed and Jed wanted a TV. So he got a TV. It's a TV. It works. And best of all, the wires <laughs> work. That's, the that's so patronizing. It works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I've I been, don't know anything I, about TV. I've been quite stunned at the upgrade from a 10 year old 1080p TV that's super dim to like mm -hmm. a brand new 4K bright. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I always get like major, uh, I go through all these emotional phases of <laughs> any kind of new technology I get. Cause like I love, I love right, the right technology. And of course I poured myself into researching and getting, you know, looking at all the reviews to find the right TV for our needs. But like, having something new and nice like that is always so guilt inducing. I struggle so much with it. You I'm don't like, deserve it. I don't deserve it that we could have spent the money on other things. You know, yeah. I, it's just, <clears throat> but what it is, what it is. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the new, uh, TV experience in our house. So as I'm and yeah, sure you guys year are, to get, this is the uh, time of year to get a new TV. Why? Because oh, cause we're about to be inside. <laughs> well that, but apparently black Friday has already begun. Everybody. That's what oh, I was wondering. We just when, got to know November and I already saw a commercial about Black Friday has just begun. Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to do for Black Friday? Is it just all online now? Oh, because they don't oh, want yeah. people flooding their stores. I'm assuming. I don't know what they're going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I do every year and stay home <laughs> and not go anywhere. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> They're going to anyway, have something. I'm, They'll have something. 
I'm I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Tyler, to get back to your original <laughs> All right, question. Yeah, good. Um, Everybody's got the, new the TVs. Things, Must be nice, everybody. It's like when you went to Hamilton. Everybody gets <laughs> to go. To everybody to gets that. to He's do it bitter. except Tyler. Yeah, sorry, man. Um, the one thing that's like stressful, and I'm sure, Marin, you're feeling this too, is is that we made the decision to work really hard to create an awesome online experience for our December series, and what that means is that we are working to pre-record a lot of elements, worship, sermons, and everything, and we're yes. doing that this month. So oh my goodness, I know you're yes. doing a ton of work ahead of time. Um, I have to write like three sermons. Mm-hmm. Now, while also writing the first three sermons of our November series, so I'm writing six right. sermons in in three weeks, and so it's a lot. Wow, but it is a whole lot. Yeah, so I'm a little bit stressed out because of that, but you know what? The the online ones will be a little shorter, so it'll be fine. It'll yeah, be fine. I told Jed it's it's you're right. It is a lot of extra work. It means a lot of late nights and a lot of extra nights not home with my family. It's it's a ton of extra work. But when I'm in the middle of like recording vocals with our volunteer musicians or mm-hmm. recording the band when I'm doing the thing, there's nothing more life-giving like that yeah. part is so much fun getting to work. Some of our uh, volunteer musicians have had experience in studio settings before mm-hmm. others haven't. And it's so much fun either way. I love being able to walk someone through the process if it's their very first time and just kind of helping them find the confidence and then seeing the look on their face when they've done it, when they're mm. done and they get to walk out of the studio and they just did this cool new thing. So That's cool. it's a lot, a lot of work. But at the same time, there have been some really bright moments in the middle of all of it. And I'm really excited um, for everyone to see what we did. It's going to be different. Yeah, that's awesome. It's weird that we're already, I mean, I know it's November now, but it feels like it, we shouldn't be talking about Christmas yet. I don't know. It feels like this year, (laughs) this year has been like insane. We're not ready for Christmas, but here we are. (laughs) In my world, we've been talking about Christmas since like the end of August. Yeah. So it's, it's it's Christmas for like a solid five months in my world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's crazy, but it'll be, it'll be good. I'm sure that means that December, we're all just going to be sitting around completely bored because we've already done the work. For sure. <laughs> I said that yeah. sarcastically because that of course will not be true. Just but. kicking back. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Anyway, yeah. how are you guys doing? What's going on? Uh, I'm recovering from the weekend. I'm mm-hmm. sure you know what that feels like. I sure do. Yesterday I got home and I crashed so fast and <laughs> so hard and slept for hours. Um, it's way easier for me personally to sing three services than it is for me to speak three services. I I'm realizing that. What do you think is the reason why, why do you think it's so exhausting? I've got my own theories, but I'm curious what you think. I have a couple of theories. Somebody mentioned like, okay, so there's like the emotional output, especially in the days leading up to that. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm still nervous and still trying to just get it all together and then trying to just keep my composure. Everyone says I look so calm and relaxed on stage. Yeah, no, no. I am desperately trying not to lose my place in my notes. Mm. And so I think there's just this emotional investment yeah. that just gets spent. And by the end of it all, I just come home and I crash. But then I think there's another element to it. When I practice a song at home, it's like five minutes at a time. Yeah. And then I can start over and practice again. You can practice that thing, you know, theoretically, what, how six times in a half hour when I practice a sermon, one run is a half hour. Right. And then you start over and you practice it again to time it, to see where you're at. And it's another half hour spent, you know, (laughs) so it's just more time 
invested in in the process. And to me, maybe because this isn't music, it feels like the longest song ever. Just like the song just won't end. It just goes on. Just goes on and on. And on. This is a half hour long song and my throat gets dry. And at one point, <laughs> I think at the 9 a.m., I felt like I was going to choke, but I still had to force the words out. So this is all new to me. It's fun. Well, we couldn't tell. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell that you were couldn't feeling tell. any of that. And uh, nothing phased you, including a metal cup rattling around on the cement floor, nine o'clock. I kicked my coffee cup over. And <laughs> Did wait, you that see was that you? Posted that? that was me. Yeah, I heard oh, that. I tuned into to part of nine nine a.m. and I heard this ding 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 ding. Yeah, that was my cup. Everybody heard it. Everybody. Everybody heard it. It felt like it rolled for a half hour. It just kept rolling. It made this huge, like like a boomerang. It made this giant. Yeah, circle. just rolled and big circle and I just sat there and watched it come back to me and <laughs> didn't make eye contact with Marin at all because I was sheep. I was sheepishly uh, embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was. But uh, nothing phased you, including that. <laughs> Did you have well, any, uh, have you had any uh, kids outburst yet in the, in the service, Marin? Because I, that happens periodically to me where some, some kid will just decide that they're just done and they're just like <laughs> screaming or, or yeah, shouting or whatever. Yeah, I haven't had that. I haven't had that in a service while I'm speaking. I've definitely had it in services sure. while I'm singing. Um, I guess like with the cup thing, Barry, give me some yeah. professional advice. Yeah. At what point? Uh, guys, I'm right here. At what point do you acknowledge the awkwardness? And yeah. at what point do you just kind of like let it fly? Because there was a point at the 11 o'clock where I stepped up to the podium, the mm -hmm. table, and I forgot to take my mask off. And so mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, this is weird. Well, there's no yeah. way around it. I better say something. And I'm like, I forgot to take my mask off. Yeah. Like, at what point do you just like <laughs> let it ride? And at what point do you acknowledge, okay, we all heard that cup. We heard it for miles. Maybe I should just say something. I think, <laughs> oh man, that's, that's tricky. That takes so much like discernment in the moment. Cause if it's, <laughs> if it's, if it's a cup, I think you were right not to acknowledge the cup rolling around because that. I mean, yeah, everyone's distracted for a second, but it's not like everybody in the room is paying attention to the cup. But if you've got your mask on and you're like, oh, well, you, you know, you got to you got to probably acknowledge it because otherwise people won't know what's going on. But then but then there's sure also like paying attention to that cup. I've had a couple of times where there have been kids that are like just losing it and their parents basically dragging them down the stairs and they always sit the farthest away from the, the exit. And so the, yeah. there's like this long, long, you know, which is fine. Kids do that. Um, <clears throat> but I would I don't want to. I don't ever want to publicly like shame them or say, well, well no that's awkward or publicly shaming Tyler. No, he's, you, yeah. He's now that I know Instagram it was him right now. now that I know yeah, that it was him, I think you should have, <laughs> you should have totally like just dunked on him. <laughs> she told me when I got off stage uh, after hosting that she was, she was wondering if she should throw my cup onto the stage <laughs> as I was up there saying something. As you were doing your closing remarks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then yeah. you told me we shouldn't have cement floors. Yeah, it's maybe we shouldn't have cement floors if it's the problem. It's the floor's fault. We should have carpet so that we get massive like wax drips on there every December yeah. every for December. Christmas Eve. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Tyler? Are you doing okay? Oh, Tyler, you just had the best week of your life and the single greatest day you've ever spent no, alive on planet earth. I did not. I did not want to have this conversation, but here I am. <laughs> the, 
it was a bad day. It was a bad day Saturday. That's all I'll say. It was you Halloween. Halloween. Hunter's Moon just happened to be the worst. What did you tell me? The worst day I've had on this planet. What? All right, you gotta explain it. On this planet, it was fine. We woke up and did the trick or treat in the neighborhood thing. We did it in the morning, so like light out. We went like everybody put treats at the end of their driveway so kids Mm -hmm. could just like come and grab stuff, and that was fun. And then an hour after that was done, Lauren went to go take a nap. The baby was asleep. And Milo went potty. He's going potty training. And uh, Barry, have I told you about this? Actually, yeah. Now now, I, now it's ringing a bell. <laughs> it took me a okay. second. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, Milo went potty. He's going potty training. He comes in the room where I'm in. And he says, Dad, we've got a problem. Points his, <laughs> finger, points his finger at me, meaning like I have a problem. We got a problem. What is it? He's like, I put all of the toilet paper in the potty. <laughs> All right, what, like, the whole roll? Did you put the whole, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I go in to the bathroom, and sure enough, the toilet water has risen. He's flushed it. It has risen to the top, but it's not overflowing at this point. It's just risen to the top. And I said, all right, don't touch anything. And I grab the plunger. And as I'm grabbing the plunger, he interprets don't touch anything to mean <laughs> Flush it Go again. flush it again. And so he <laughs> flushes the handle and water just starts pouring out of the potty. And I don't know if I talked about this last year. You did. But there's a vent underneath that toilet, <laughs> uh, air vent, right? Where last year he got sick into. Into the vent. Into the vent. And of course, the toilet, water's got to go somewhere. So. <laughs> It finds all of its way out of the toilet into the vent, into the HVAC system. Oh, great. So I spent my, the rest of my Saturday uh, picking that up and drilling holes into my HVAC to drain my HVAC system <laughs> <laughs> because there was Milo potty in it. But the and best so, part of that whole story yeah, the best was part. Milo's reaction. Yeah, I'm glad you thought that was the best part because a number of times he he would just follow me around. He he wanted to help me clean it up, <clears throat> yeah, which amounted to him following me around. And he goes, Dad, I am not in a bad mood about this. Good. And I would say, okay. And he would say it again. I'm not in a bad mood about this. And I'd say, okay. And he'd say, am I in a bad mood about this? And I said, are you, what are you saying? Like, are you, are you, what are you saying? Are you asking if you're in trouble? He's like, no, I'm, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm like, okay, that's good. And by that point, Lauren had woken up from my like noise I was making. (laughs) And uh, she goes, Milo, you, you know who is in a bad mood? She just points at me and Milo's like, oh, and then he'd walk around in the basement. And he's like, why is it all wet? I don't want to step in the water. Ew. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to step in the water either, Milo. <laughs> so that was my Saturday oh, my morning. Word. That was my Saturday morning. And only. It just got better from there. It just got better from there. Just you know? got better from there. I forget all the other <laughs> things that happened, but 
I just know you, you, oh. you told me this like unfortunate series of events and I couldn't help but just like smile. And my smile just got bigger and bigger as I listened to all your stories because you are where I was 16 oh years ago. Goodness. I, yeah. I, I, that's I everybody's like response. Everybody's response has been, oh, it's just the beginning. I hey. made it. <laughs> I made it. You're a boy, I'm dad. Done with those years. <laughs> I am done with those years. Yeah. I mean, Milo has figured out, he's mastered, he's mastered the like, letting me know how I should be acting <clears throat> like whether it's telling me he's not in a bad mood. So therefore if I'm in a bad mood, I'm setting a bad example. <laughs> yeah. Or telling <laughs> you it's not a big deal. Telling yeah, your yeah. wife it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's Just brilliant. Like destroying his room and telling us it's not a big deal and telling us to slow down, you know, <laughs> wow he's mastered that so that, that that's what's new in my life i gotta get a i gotta patch holes in my hvac system now because there's drill holes <laughs> just in time <laughs> for winter <gasps> oh man Ay. yeah um wow good luck good, with that yep all right happy to get into the last week of our sermon series ears to hear Marin, you gave the sermon, great sermon this weekend, this past weekend, about the parable of the vineyard landowner. Is it the yes. parable of the vineyard or parable of the... So it's kind of both. What is it? It, it depends on the translation you're looking at, but it can be called the parable of the vineyard owner. Yeah. Or it can be called the parable of the vineyard workers. Okay. And uh, I got to say, you continue to impress... Just when I thought I knew you, Marin, you go off and you start the sermon with a sports reference. Hey, zing. <laughs> Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Just when I thought I knew you, I was expecting some kind of is music a, story. Is that a sports reference, though, or is that a child of the 80s reference? Because Here's what it is for yeah, me. Both. It's the one time I had a connection, like emotionally, to any sport ever. Basically, like Mighty Ducks, that was yeah. that was it. That was the height. My brother did not play hockey. I did not play hockey. But for a few weeks in like 1994, we were both like yeah. hockey hockey fans. The Mighty Ducks. Although I'm pretty sure I don't know anything about hockey, but I'm pretty sure I know that their signature flying V. Yes, yeah. ducks fly together. I'm pretty sure that's illegal in hockey. <laughs> and if anybody did it, they'd end up in the penalty box. I'm or pretty the, sure. The figure skating ice skater who like does this figure skating <laughs> yeah, bit and yeah. then like slap shots in. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. It's Regardless, I've to watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah, very impressed. <laughs> My uh, second most important observation: great reference to Smash Cut. I thought you, you slid, when I said it. slid right in there. Smash cut. Perfect. I thought I you when it. I said it. Marin, had you heard that before Tyler? I'd never heard that. Tyler was the first person who ever said it that I heard. No, I had heard it before. Tyler was the first person I ever met that I made it used cool. it as much as he did. Like he said it, I made all it cool. the dang time and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I definitely thought of him. And I don't know if this is true for you, Barry. I don't know if this was true for your dad, but like Tyler's right. There's influences in there. And like, I know when I say certain things, like what the influence is or where yeah. I heard that before oh, yeah. or whatever. There was one thing I said 
uh, and Jed was, Jed was making fun of me for it last night. What did I say? I was talking <laughs> about the disciples and I said that the, the disciples were incensed. Oh yeah. He's like, he's <clears throat> like, why are you using big words like that? He's like, you don't talk like that at home. <laughs> he's like, why didn't you just say they were angry? <laughs> what, what is this? Incensed. <laughs> You got to speak to us common people because Jed, there is more that you can get across with language than just the basic words. He said, what did he say? I forget what he said. He said he leaned over to Desi at that point and was like, your mom is trying to like show off with her words or something. (laughs) And that's hilarious because I think in every church service I've ever been in, there's always a point for me to lean over and like whisper something to my daughter. Yeah. So it's just funny. Like I've never been on the other side of that. That's awesome. (laughs) It's a lot of people whispering about you. Hey, yo. All right. So for anyone who hasn't heard it yet or seen it, can you kind of give us the rundown of the big idea of what you wanted people to walk away with? Yeah. um, So it's, Every, every speaker in this series was just kind of given a parable to, to focus in on. And mine, as we said, was the parable of the vineyard worker, the parable of the vineyard owners. And when I read it, to me, it's a story about the unmerited grace and favor of our father, God. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 we'll dive into it later. It's, it's multifaceted, but one of the biggest overarching themes is that this is a story that shows us that grace is not fair. Grace is not fair and square. Grace is better than that. It's better than our idea of what is fair. It's merciful and mm-hmm. it's generous. So that in a nutshell is yeah. the big idea. But again, why the parables are so great um, and so different, like Barry has said in previous weeks, they're not like Aesop Aesop's fables <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where they just have a, a neat, tidy little moral of the story. <laughs> right. They're so multifaceted. Uh, as I said in my mm. message, there's so many different directions for our minds to go. And the, the, the story as a description of generosity is only one facet of this multifaceted yeah parable. So I told somebody sometimes, and I don't know if you guys are like this, but like sometimes a block for me in opening up my Bible and reading it is not knowing where to begin. Hmm. Good and for so you. I almost feel like, Hey, the rest I, of us I, over I, here I, are like, where do we, yeah, where do I start? I don't know right. what we're doing. You're, and you're thinking there's too much and we're thinking, really? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's all good. Right. So yeah. like, which good do I pick today? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. But I feel like if you start with a parable and you just invite yourself to think, or the Proverbs are that way too. We've talked about the Proverbs as, you know, invitations to ponder and wonder and think that's, it's a really good launching point. Yeah. So I feel like I want to treat the parables that way on those days where I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. I can pick a parable, any parable and begin there and just kind of start start the process there. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this one. Uh, Jesus's audience when he's telling this is the disciples, right? Yeah. Okay. So right off the bat, this audience, and you talked about this in, in the sermon, this audience is the people who are already like bought in to Jesus. Like they're, they already bought into what he was about because they were his followers. Right. Right. <laughs> So it wasn't for newcomers. The disciples didn't have a good understanding of who could enter the kingdom of heaven uh, or be saved, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's what got him to this place of telling this parable. Right. So he launches into it of how the landowner pays everyone the same amount for an unequal amount 
of work he, right. and to illustrate, you know, he's gracious and kind. And he tells the, he tells the, the whiner workers to kick rocks and he can do what he wants. <laughs> Basically. I loved it. I love yeah. that. Is it against the law for me I to can do, do what, what I, I want, want with my money? <laughs> um, okay. So I didn't, I mean, I, I probably knew this, but probably forgot. Like, it's important to know that this is, this is, and you, I'm glad that you pointed it out. Like, this is for us. This is not for right people that are like, hey, should I be a Christian? Or like people that have never heard or bought into like the Christian faith. This is for Christians. Yeah. It's um, one of the things that makes this parable unique. It's unique yeah. in that it only appears in Matthew's gospel. Mm-hmm. So then that just begged the question, why was this important to Matthew? Yeah. And it's unique that he's not on a boat telling this to masses of people. Yeah. He is alone with his disciples and he shares this with them. Again, one of the questions that will come up is, well, why wasn't he more clear with them? Why yeah. wasn't he like, look, that yeah. guy is self-righteous. Why right. did he choose to use a story and a enigmatic story at that, like that that cryptic phrase we talked about, the first will be last and the last will be first. Like, yeah. just come out and say it, you know? Right. But for whatever reason, even with his closest disciples, he he kind of hides the true meaning and wants them to figure it out, wants them to draw those truths. Um, and I'm glad he did because we just got done saying these aren't neat and tidy morality tales. So had Jesus gotten straight to the point, maybe there wouldn't be as much depth and uh, multifacetedness as there was because he instead chose to use a story to illustrate this truth and not just spell it out for them. It's Hmm. interesting because he, he did the same type of teaching in the boat or sermon on the, like he, he still used parables, right? Yeah. And it's interesting that even with his closest followers, he chose to, to talk that way. Right. Because um, if anybody who would have ears to hear, it'd be these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it, I think, last week. Like, have you ever watched a movie where by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, that's why that scene is so much more important now. Mm-hmm. That's why the imagery in that scene, <laughs> it all kind of starts to come together. There's so much that I left out of this message for time. But one of those things, this would have become abundantly clear to the disciples when it was time to let the Gentiles in. Yeah. yeah. We, we, when, and I think I talked about in, that in my last message in the unity message, when, you know, the apostle Paul, um, is, is radically converted. And then he starts spreading the gospel to Gentiles all over the region. And the gospel just starts to spread, spread, spread. And it's no longer this little like click of 12 Jewish dudes spreading the good news to their Jewish buds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they would have made the connection that these Gentiles who have not been quote unquote righteous or, you know, they're not among the first called. Mm-hmm. They're not among the first hired. I think it all would have started to come into focus. That parable that he told that one time. Yeah. About the guys hired at the end of the day, the crew hired at the end of yeah. the day. I think it would have come into focus and made the parable all the more profound. Right. Imagine being Matthew thinking like, oh, I'm one of the workers hired at five o'clock. And then the Gentiles suddenly are allowed into the kingdom and you're like wait i'm the one hired at three (laughs) o'clock like yeah 
All right, so I've got I've got a number of questions about this this parable. Uh, one of the one of the beauties of I was hosting uh, Sunday morning. One of the beauties of this is I get to hear it two times, mm-hmm. and I've listened to it again today to prepare for this. But <clears throat> so I'm like thinking about this for the last 24 hours. It's not like I'm sitting at home online and you know Milo's overflowing the potty. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> no, you're invested. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. So. <laughs> All right. My first question is why, why is, well, I assume every part of this meant something to Jesus. Like it's, it's like, all right. So why, why is the landowner constantly looking for more workers in this parable? Like he only has like, I mean, parable is only 16 verses long or something. And the landowner at least twice is going out looking for other workers. Why is in so you referenced the harvest is plentiful, the workers yeah. are few. Do you think that is like callback to that? Definitely. I think that there's a direct connection between pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest to send more workers into his fields. Yeah, that the that the harvest is abundant and we need those workers. We mm-hmm. need more workers. So we don't want the crew hired at 6 a.m. to be like, nah. We got this. Right. <laughs> We're, we got this on our own. They in a in a perfect world, in the world that this parable is describing, they'd be welcoming of these new hired workers because they need more hands, mm. because they need more workers. I, I left something else out for the sake of time. Um, last time I spoke, I used like a, a couple different images because um, I'm. I'm visual and I see pictures when I'm writing and pictures help bring the story to life for me. So there's a picture I found. Um, I looked up the Home Depot on Cicero <laughs> Avenue in Chicago because I used to see these day laborers, these modern day day laborers yeah. on my way to and from work every single day. And they'd be out there rain or shine. It doesn't matter what time of year with a backpack like maybe probably with their lunch or something in it for the day. And they're just hoping for some sort of contractor, landscaper or construction person to come and hire them for any odd job that there is. These yeah. are the modern day day laborers. And for many years, they were a fixture in my life because I would see them every day mm. as I drove to and from work. Um, actually, that that Home Depot, I could walk to my grandma's house from there. Hmm. So like that, that's that's my lens. That's my point of reference when I read this parable. Hmm. Um, and what I was going to say in the message, but left out was that a lot of times if a job ends early enough, the day laborers will go back to that spot and hope to be hired a second time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even a third time like they're out there working. They're out there trying to support their families. And so the day laborers get kind of a bad rap sometimes in some circles because of what it says in verse three of chapter 20, that they were standing around doing nothing. And I wanted to point out that that's not necessarily the case. It isn't necessarily saying that these workers were idle or lazy. It could be that they were out on another job when the landowner first came calling, um, it could be that maybe they weren't hired in the first wave. And then as soon as the landowner realizes, okay, now we could probably use a couple more people. He goes back and then they're like, okay, good. Whew, at least I got hired at nine or who, at least I got hired at three. That means I'll make, you know, X amount of money. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were idle or lazy, but the coolest part for me in preparing for this message was when I realized 
it doesn't matter because even if they were lazy, he'd have hired them anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was he hired Matthew at his tax collecting booth. He did not hire Matthew at the temple. Right. You know, he that hired my, him where uh, he was. Next observation or question was <clears throat> he wasn't the landowner was not content with these guys standing around. Like <laughs> yeah. right. You gotta do some work and he's he sees you standing around. He's like, get get to work and I'm I'm thinking of myself and what you just said snaps some things into perspective for me. But I, I was thinking to myself, like sometimes like this guy calls these guys to work, like the landowner calling you to work. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where I feel like I'm waiting around to be called mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, sometimes I feel like I get caught up in like not understanding what I'm being called to do and it stalls me out. So I just kind of become idle, but he says, Hey, he's basically saying, Hey, I've got something to offer. Like, let's go, let's, let's do this. And I feel like he was going to, he, he wasn't going to leave them out. Like I see you, let's do this. I'm and I'm not going to tell you the plan. Like that's another observation right. I have. Yeah. Like he's not revealing the plan, but you're going to be rewarded if you just follow me, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. And I, I think again, the willingness of the workers to follow, if they were truly idle, if they were truly lazy, they would have been like, nah, I'm cool. Right. I'm going to stay right. here. You know, they went. yeah, yeah, they, they were willing and they went in contrast to the rich young man who was not, Willing Mm -hmm. when Jesus said to go sell all you own and give it to the poor, like that was his breaking point. And he walked away from Jesus. He walked in the opposite direction and he was sad about it. So to, to just see these workers following the landowner, obviously God, Jesus represented by the landowner, they're walking in the same direction as him. They're going with him. That just so sharply contrasts what, the rich man did and why he went away sad. So yeah, like I feel like sometimes we are waiting around, like you said, Tyler, to be called. And I've said that so many times in my own life. If you would just tell me what it is, I would do it. Yeah. And that's okay. Like we wait and we wait on his direction. I think this story is pointing out saying no when Mm -hmm. you have been called. And these workers did not do that. They didn't say no when they had been called. And Tyler, if you're sitting there waiting to be called, that's different than saying no when you know you've already been called. There's a difference there. Yeah, agreed. Well, you know, okay. The first time I ever went to Ukraine on a mission trip, I wasn't waiting to be, I didn't, I wasn't waiting to see if like, what was the right mission trip for me to go on. Uh, I didn't really know why I was going. Somebody, mm. literally, somebody who was also on the trip, who was leading the trip, was like, "Hey, uh, I can't do this trip unless I have another leader. Can you come?" And I was like, <laughs> "I don't know anything about Ukraine, but I'll do it." You know, <laughs> and I just maybe that is a version of being called, but I felt like I was like just taking initiative to do something. Like I'm going to do something, and smash cut ten years later, like I'm on the board of MTU. Like I, it's like a passion of my heart, this place. And I just kind of, it kind of hit me that like, sometimes you just got to 
go for something. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to wait to be called to go to Ukraine. Like just, right. Just, and just take a step, whatever that next step is for you into the kingdom of heaven or whatever, the kingdom right. of God, like just start doing something and maybe you, you will realize that you're being called in the midst of it. Yeah. Right. And I, and I would say, <clears throat> I mean, it's obviously, you don't want to take any story or analogy too far, but like really what the landowner was calling them to was not, like you said, it wasn't, he wasn't spelling it all out for them. He was mm-hmm. just saying, Hey, follow me. I got work for you. And so in the context of the rich young ruler, Jesus told him, okay, sell your stuff and then follow me. And the guy said, no. So it's, it's, uh, I think we, we often get caught up waiting for that crystal clear specific call for that one job that we're supposed to do. And really it's just, no, follow Jesus and the calling will happen along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. He didn't make it crystal clear for Matthew either. Right. And imagine if he did, you think Matthew would have said yes to that. Right. You know, (laughs) if he had sat down with all of his disciples when he called him and said, okay, so you're going to end up having like just a miserable life. You're going to be so persecuted. (laughs) Uh, Peter, you're going to be murdered upside down on a cross. Uh, You know, like we have record of almost all except one being Mm -hmm. killed for their faith in Jesus at some point in, in church history. So yeah, if he had been straight up honest with them, I don't know that it would have gone over so well. Right. But I, I think as the three of us, I'm just, I'm looking at this computer screen of the three of us and I can see snapshots of that story played out in our lives. If you would have told me however long ago when I was first auditioning for this church, I never heard of Mm. Grace Church that I would be, you know, leading worship at a campus and, and writing messages. I never, ever would have believed you. Also, if you told me that in the midst of that time, I would lose be my Be on mom. a podcast. Oh, be yeah. on a podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Go to Ukraine. Like all of the joy and sorrow yeah. mixed together in what it means to be called into the work of the kingdom. If you yeah. would have laid that all out for me, I don't know that I would have said yes. Yeah. You know, but God, again, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. It's not a high beam light. It's just a lamp. Yeah. And so one step at a time, we follow Jesus. And there are things that I wouldn't trade for the world. And yes, there is a low grade fever of sadness along the way. Mm. It's, it's all the things. And I can see that Barry in your life. If, if, if you would have been told, (laughs) say no more, say no more. Just that, that scenario playing out in my head. Barry, you want to be a senior pastor of a, uh, of a church in the middle of a pandemic while there's a (laughs) massive, like, uh, political division in our country and also your church doesn't yeah. have enough money. Do you, do you, you want to do that, that or <laughs> do you want to do that? Cool. Follow me. Follow me. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that honestly, what, what I think we so often try to do is we want, we want faith to be boiled down to the crystal clear beginning and end. It's like, okay, mm. do this so that you can go to heaven when you die and everything's going to be great. And like we skip over that whole middle part where it's like there's a there's an aspect of trust, an active trust of saying, I will dedicate my life to you and trust Mm. that, you know, where we're going, that you're you're steering this in the right direction. So, yeah, I think it's totally different than just saying, oh, I assent to this intellectual fact. It's it's saying, "Okay, I will give myself to you and follow you and trust that you're actually who you say you are and trust that you've got my best interest in mind and all that. Yeah, it's a great illustration of like. God's the king. This is a story that illustrates his kingdom. He has a plan for it. 
And uh, he doesn't feel like he needs to explain himself to us. Like he he doesn't need to reveal <laughs> yeah. his plan to us. Right. But if we join him, he will be merciful and he'll he will reward us. We are the, you know, obviously the yeah. workers. And it's it's the right work. It is it and it's the perfect illustration of like he's got it. Do you trust him? He's not going to tell you what it is. But he will be merciful along the way. He will be, you know, he, right. he has your best interests. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and the alter the the alternate is sadness. Like yeah. the rich young ruler walks away from Jesus, he's not happy about it. Right, he's not happy with his riches. He's not happy with this life. He's sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, in in all honesty, like we don't know if the workers are sad either. Like it never says the workers were pumped after he explained it. Right, like the, right. the workers Mar- who were Mar- complaining, was filling in their emotions as she was describing. Yeah, yeah. It. it doesn't really. Yeah. Other other than the ones that were <laughs> uh, protesting and outraged, we don't really know how the first. Well, they were protesting were. before he was like, "I can do whatever I want." Right. Well, we, but after we, the fact, we don't we don't know what they thought. Can I point out something? How, oh, go ahead, Marin. We know how anyone would feel if they yeah. came into a yeah. windfall of money that they weren't expecting. Is yeah. anyone ever upset about that? Right. Is anyone ever mad about that? Right. Like no, we no. know that that's that's a good day, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the other workers. Yeah, the other workers that were um, incensed. Yeah. To use that word again, incensed. Right. You hear that, Jed? <laughs> Yeah, um, the ones that were angry. Yeah. I love this. I looked up while we were talking just because I was curious. and I, I stumbled across this, but the actual Greek for should you be jealous because I'm kind to others is literally, are you going to give me the evil eye because yes. I'm kind to others? <laughs> it's like what yeah. a funny phrase. We don't talk about the evil eye, but he's like, you're looking at me all sideways right now <laughs> just because I'm totally generous. Right. Oh, because man. I was preaching on Halloween, I almost like went into this whole thing about the evil eye or tried to like make <laughs> oh, that a goodness. thread. But I'm like, it's going to take too long to explain yeah, kids in yeah. the room. to our culture. I don't even think the, I understand it. I mean, yeah. Right. And I've lived right, right, in, right. I've lived in rural Kenya where like cursing people <laughs> is a thing and it's totally part of life. So I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Lord of the Rings. I, you'll get it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Uh, All right. So the way the world works, even in 2020, the way the world works, this is still true in the the parable. Like the dudes, the workers had a valid gripe, right? Like they thought they, these other guys, they don't deserve equal pay. So they, they, they did and they did not. Right. Because they agreed to work for what they received. Yeah. They did not get less than they deserved. And so that's really like the sticking point for me is like if this if this owner, this landowner, if he had shortchanged them, yeah, they'd have a legitimate gripe. But he didn't shortchange them. They just they had gotten their hopes up when they saw that he had given others what they didn't deserve. They yeah, assumed. That, that, but that's yeah, that's, that's right. kind of valid, though. Right. I mean, it is kind of well, valid. If I, mean, I if is, I'm it, if. If I'm working and you show up late and you get the same amount as me, yeah. I feel like it's a valid gripe. But what I was going to say after that was like, the whole point isn't that it's fair. Right. right. The whole point of the kingdom is not that it's fair. It's valid. In in, in our humanity, it is valid. But, right. Yeah. But it, this well, isn't there, about humanity. There yeah. was a commentary, I think, I can't remember which one said this, but one of the commentaries said that some people 
receive. It said no one receives less than they deserve, but some people receive far more than they deserve. So there's no injustice here, right? Yeah, right. Nobody receives less than they deserve. Yeah, you're just like giving everybody the side eye who gets some receive far more. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like, well, dude, if you had all that money, why don't you divide it up and pay everybody equally based on yeah. hours worth of work? You know, yeah. everyone based would on get our it. ideas of fairness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do you think? What do you think this parable teaches us? I think it I think it you illustrated excellently, excellently what it teaches us about God, the landowner. What do you think this parable teaches us about us? Um, there were a couple of takeaways <laughs> at the end of the message. Um, a couple of things. I understand that you've been, if, if you're, if you're like the first worker hired and you've been out there all day and you've been laboring in the fields and you're tired and you're sore, maybe you're discouraged. Again, all of this is just kind of, um, figurative language talking about what it means to work in ministry or to, to follow Jesus or to do the work of the kingdom. Um, for those of you who are tired, pray, pray to the landowner, um, to send more workers into the fields and let him be your strong tire- tower. Like it's, it's okay to rest if you're tired. Um, this work is hard. So let, mm-hmm. let him recharge you, but, mm-hmm. but pray and make it, make it an active recovery. Not like where you're just like, that's it. Count me out. Yeah. Like that's, that's not recovery. That's, that's not waiting on the Lord. That's not letting him renew your strength. Like commune with him. Marin. actively engage with him. You're so Shut much your more mouth, positive. Tyler. You're so much more positive than I, my, than what it taught me about us. <laughs> no, that's only one thing. The other okay. thing, you know, is I, I said, do you, do you struggle with being judgmental towards others in the kingdom of God? Mm. The, the, the workers hired first were judgmental of the workers hired last more. So more than even judging the workers hired last, they were judging the landowner himself yeah. because they judged him for his generosity right. toward the others and they felt entitled. Right. So it's a story about jealousy. It's a That's story what about it entitlement. Me about us. Yeah. Like I think I bet Matthew, Matthew wrote this, right? Yeah. I bet he f- intentionally focused on the grumbling workers because mm. Or versus the ones who hmm. were probably rejoicing, right? Like, like you right. said, like I just got a full day's work for not a full day's work, a full day's wage for not a full day's work. Like they're probably like so ecstatic, right? right. The other guys got what they expected, but the 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 scripture is focusing on the grumbling versus the rejoicing. And well, so, Jesus what is told the story? Okay, right? Matthew wrote it down, but yeah, Jesus yeah. told the story. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so what it taught me about us or told me or shows me is that, or at least myself, is that we tend to complain more than we tend to rejoice. Like mm. that's mm-hmm. the, the emphasis is on the, the, what about me? What, like the complaining. Right. Right. And for me, like I caught myself uh, the second time I did that, I was listening to you, Marin. I was like, you know what? I, I, I do complain a lot more than I like, cause I'm putting myself in the position of the guys who showed up later in the day and got more than they were expecting, probably. Right. Those guys are not complaining. They're rejoicing, but we're not even talking about those guys. We're talking about the complainers. And that's, that's me. I I, I tend to complain more than I tend to rejoice Mm. and give thanks, you know? So. And I think, I mean, this is what's I've, what I've been processing is um, if, if God's kingdom is as wide open and God's grace is so deep then that means that those Christians 
whoever they are, that are not acting the way I believe Christians should act or, or Christ followers who are not doing the things that I think they should be doing, that they would be able to receive the same level of grace Mm-hmm. as me, who I believe I'm, I'm far more in line than they are with the teachings of Jesus. Like that's where it comes to me where I'm like, wait a second. I don't know if I'd be comfortable knowing that those Christians, whoever though mm-hmm. I put air quotes up, uh, that they are receiving <laughs> as much grace as I'm receiving. And that's yeah. where I'm really wrestling with it. Cause it's, it's different than the the context of when Jesus told the parable, but it's like, but I actually do wrestle with that in my own life. And so, yeah, that's, it gives you a lot to think about. Yeah. I, I emphasize those words on purpose when I delivered the story, I told, I told the story of the parable, like the, the parable of the landowner. I told that story the way my mom always told stories to me. My mom never just was content to read <laughs> yeah. a story. She told it with her whole body yeah. and she like, there was every person in the story had a different accent. It was, was incredible. Amazing. You gave it different amazing. accents. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line was, did the rates change? <laughs> like, yeah. I was laughing with you on that. That was good. That's exactly how I was brought up to tell a story. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I emphasize the words, those people, because all of us have mm. those people. Mm. And I think it's kind of fill in the blank. Who are the people that we would consider other, that we would consider other, those people who are the people that we don't think deserve hmm. God's grace as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And that really is convicting. That's very convicting for, for me personally, again, as we just kind of, nobody knows our true inner thoughts like we do. Yeah. So who are the others in our minds? Yeah. Um, and then again, just to drive it home, um, that we should love each other the way that Jesus loved us, love each other the way I have loved you. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. And by the way, God thinks those people are pretty essential to the harvest. Yes. Mm. And, yes. uh, <laughs> are we praying for them? Are we praying for the more workers part, even right. though they're the other, because, yeah. you know, I'm not. Yes. And, yeah, but they're crushing so many grapes along the way. Can't they do a better job of, of working? <laughs> Just kidding. Now we're stretching the parable. But way as, as Grace intention. Church, we better be we better be praying for more workers, uh, right. even if it's the other the other in our own personal minds, because yeah, we need to be training more workers. Yeah, because the harvest has not like dwindled, Mm-mm. you know, no. since this was written. Um, the last thing that it taught me or shows me is that God is not stingy. Mm. And uh, yeah, we we need to we need to celebrate when we hear others receiving amazing grace. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar yeah. to how I celebrated the fact that you guys both got new TVs. That's really um, <laughs> it is an amazing grace. Yeah, <laughs> you're a lot like Jesus, Tyler Bender. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And, and even if you end up getting a much bigger, better TV than either of us, it'll never happen. We will be grateful for the grace that you have received. And yet, all I wanted was for the cords <laughs> cables to, just to be go hidden behind the wall, <laughs> which That's I have yet, I really which wanted. I have yet to get uh, happening in my on my uh, setup. So, <laughs> yeah. very jealous that you received so much wonderful grace. In hey, that. I know a guy that can make it happen. He has the right <laughs> drill bit, so I'll send very him nice. over. Yeah, very nice. Well, I thought it was excellent. Um, and I'm really glad that 
I'm really glad that I was there twice because I got, first of all, I got to almost ruin it. <laughs> so I, I practice my sermons, you know, at home, I'll, I'll, you know, practice it for real serious. And then I'll kind of practice it while I'm like, I don't know, doing laundry or uh-huh. there was, there was one point where my daughter was calling my name from across the house. Right. But I was like a solid <laughs> 19 minutes in and I was not going to give up those 19 <laughs> minutes for anyone. And so I didn't answer her and she found me like she always does in the room where I was practicing. Yeah, yeah. And I just kept on talking like nothing broke my focus. And I started inserting her name every five words. And the parable of the landowner Desiree is like a man who went out <laughs> into a field, Desiree, and he hired men early in the morning, Desiree. Oh, I can't get no help in here, Desiree. Believe God! And I just kept going. And it's it's times like those that prepare me for the Perfect. rolling coffee mug on a cement floor that I'm just, just rolls. I'm and just rolls. imagining imagining that you do you do that. You finish out the sermon and then she's like, Yeah, the oven's on fire. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree, Marion. You did an excellent <laughs> job. That was a great sermon. And uh yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Uh where do we go next? Well, we're going to stick with the words of Jesus. We are going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount, where we are going to kind of shift our focus from what Jesus had to say about what the kingdom of God is. And now we're going to talk a little bit about how then should we live in that kingdom, talking about mm. uh, the Beatitudes, blessed are, who, who's blessed in, in the kingdom, what does it mean to be salt and light. Uh, we're going to talk about loving your enemy and um, turning the other cheek and how do we pray. It's going to be great, I think. So, yeah, Good. looking forward to it. All right. New series. Well, and, and you've said before, we we struggled given, you know, the election and the, the climate of um, yeah. just tension in our country yeah. with how, what, what is the appropriate thing for our people mm-hmm. at this time? Yeah. And could there be anything better than the words, the words of Jesus? of Jesus himself. That describe how we are to treat one another in the kingdom of God. Right. So, now, I'm, I'm expecting somebody's going to be upset at something I say because they're going to take it as some kind of political statement or whatever. And if they yeah, do, I'm just going to say, Hey, I'm just, I'm just talking about the words of Jesus here. <laughs> like, uh, right. we'll see. Maybe not, maybe not God willing. Uh, the sermon that I bring will elucidate the words of Jesus in a way that there you uh, go, guys. Every big words. Oh. Sorry. Don't let Jen hear it. Hey, I'm all about the big vo- vocab, everybody. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Marin. Thanks again for your sermon. It was it was beautiful. Uh, and uh, I need you to bring more accents to the pod. Oh, is that right? Yeah, more <laughs> accents to the pod. Yeah, because even when you were doing like the the rich young ruler story, you were doing you were doing <laughs> accents. You were like, okay, I've heard about the. <laughs> I've, I've done all these things. It's my mom. It's my mom, yeah. y'all. Ask and you shall receive. If it's yeah. accents you want, I got them. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week, everybody. But uh, for now, Marin, will you please send us out? Sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with that guy. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday.